1: Once again, Employment Law Show, John Scholes here, ready to uh, take off and answer all of your questions. Our good pal Chris Justice is here doing exactly that. Reaching out is simple uh, outside the hour of the show, too. you want to get a hold of Chris and his team, one 855 821 Maybe it's more of a lengthy conversation. No pressure. Just pick it up and uh, ask Chris some questions and clear a bunch of things up. Failing that, there's a bunch of different ways you can also educate yourself. Number one, the email asks questions anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Then the website we always like to push, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Why? Because it is free, it's anonymous, and it covers a lot of the topics we talk about here each week on the show. And also, if you know, if you've been there, if you've listened to this show for years, you'll know about the Severance Pay Calculator. That is also wrapped up into pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And we just learned actually this week that it's, uh, it's now had over 2 million hits on the uh, severance pay calculator so people are well aware and using it and having their eyes opened up as to what proper severance should be under the common law. It's not that two weeks a year thing. That's all BS to put a you know, finer point on it. So go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Use that well-oiled machine of the severance pay calculator, and, again, that can clear up for you any time. But we're going to get rolling here. we got a lot of stuff to get through on the show today. Chris, good to have uh, you back on, brother. A, a couple of week that was situations that you've been working on, pal. What do you got?
2: Yeah, good morning. Thanks, as always, for having me on. Yeah. And, um, as I said, uh, the week that was, so I wanted to start off with uh, one of the more topical things that's been going on, which, of course, is the lifting of the mask mandates in Ontario. Um, we found out that uh, March 21st, the mandates were lifted. This was following uh, some comments from the chief medical officer earlier in the month. Uh, given the decrease in COVID cases and admissions to hospitals and ICUs, et cetera. So as I'm sure everyone or most people are aware now, the 21st was the day those mandates were lifted, but that did only apply to workplaces, offices, um, you know, schools, restaurants, bars. So there are still a few other areas where masks are required or at least where there's a mandate in place. Uh, things such as public transit, long- term care homes uh, and help some health care and shelter settings. but march twenty first for for the majority of people that's that's when the the mandates were lifted. and since then, um, unexpected or I should say expectedly, I, I received a lot of calls and questions from various people to find out, you know now that this has happened, what are the implications for employees and employers? Right. Um, and so, for example, one question I often uh, have gotten in the recent past is, can I still wear a mask at work, even though the mandates are lifted? And you know, the answer to that is yes. Um, uh, it doesn't mean that the infection uh, issue is gone just because the mandates are lifted. And I know, in fact, that the chief medical officer had advised individuals who are still in higher risk situations to, to wear a mask. So you can still wear a mask, even though, of course, the mandates are lifted. Um, But can your employer ask you to wear a mask is another question that I've gotten a lot. And uh, an employer can still choose to have its employees wear a mask. Um, Of course, and this has always been the case, if you're an employee who requests accommodation for legitimate disability or medical condition and you can't wear a mask for that reason, your employer still has to accommodate you as best possible. But employers, for, for a variety of reasons, may still wish have masks worn and you know you'll have a choice at that point whether you want to or not Uh, if an employee refuses to wear a mask you know now that these mandates have been lifted uh, it seems like there is some potential disciplinary action that can take place even if there's no mandate but the question then comes down to you know can your employer guess, uh, have you leave and, and not pay you any severance or, or, you know, what can your employer do if you refuse to wear one? And I would say right now, there's still a very good chance, of course, you'd be owed severance. Um, but nonetheless, employers still can implement their policies, even though mandates have lifted. It's just, I think, a question of what the potential consequences are or how much that employer can get away with now that, you know, there is no backing or at least less backing from the government. Um you know, employees have also come to me asking if they're going to, uh, or if they can rather quit their job if they don't want to wear a mask. And this is just a general point, but I'm always a bit uh, cautious when it comes to employees quitting for any reason. This is definitely something you want to contact uh, a law firm about. Um, Even if it seems relatively straightforward, you may just end up you know, digging yourself your own grave or, or doing too much where you can't go back and, and now you're chasing the company for severance. Uh, so you still want to be careful before resigning. Um, but, you know, again, going back to what I said earlier, there is definitely a chance that if your employer is insisting you either wear the mask or you're let go, uh, that definitely could be a scenario where there's either a constructive dismissal for which you're entitled to severance or just an outright termination. Um But, you know, just continuing along, some of these questions I've got. So uh, as far as an employer firing an employee uh, for not wearing a mask, uh, and this has been said many times on the show before, but an employer in Ontario can essentially terminate your employment for almost any reason it wants, um, so long as it's not outright discrimination. Um, and, And this would include the fact that, you know, you're wearing a mask when there's no longer a mandate requiring one. Um, you would likely get severance, as I say, because this would be a a termination without cause, Um, and and the company should provide you with your full severance in most cases. So definitely if you're an employee and and you've got questions about, you know, what can I do, what can't I do now that these mandates are lifted, uh, absolutely give us a call uh, because there's still a lot of options you're going to have. And as we see, hopefully, the pandemic subside more and more and those numbers go down, uh, employers are generally going to have, you know, certainly less ability to to enforce some of these policies uh, and, and try to avoid essentially paying people their full severance entitlements.
1: You know, it's interesting that one point you made there, you know, can I quit for if I don't want to wear a mask, can I quit? Right. I, I think maybe what the, these people are thinking is, can I quit and still get severance if I don't mm-hmm. want to wear a mask, right? They assume they can. If I quit, oh, it doesn't make a difference who pulls the trigger. If I do it because I don't want to wear a mask, you still owe me severance
2: yeah yeah so so generally if you quit you're not normally owed severance but uh, you know as i was saying in a situation where your employer let's say is insisting you wear a mask and this is an environment that is on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of high risk uh you know the question then becomes well what is the point um you know if other precautions are being taken how much does the mask really, uh, affect things? Uh, do you have also, like I say, an accommodation request regarding the mask? And, and as I said, as time goes on and, and the threat of the pandemic starts to decline further and further, uh, there's going to come a point in time where masks are simply not reasonable. Um, right now it's, it's still a bit in limbo, but, you know, that doesn't mean you're not entitled to severance. I just think that you should definitely contact a lawyer before you, let's say, send an email to your employer saying, I quit, um, just to make sure that you kind of cover all your bases and, and, you know, paper the trail accordingly so that you can protect yourself later on. But certainly as time passes, I think the reasonableness of, of an employer insisting you wear a mask is is going to go down and down for
1: sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, again reaching out to uh, to Chris anytime want to uh, reiterate 18558215900 always uh, available for a chat and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Something else you want to uh, discuss a, a real life scenario as a matter of fact, Chris, what do you got?
2: Yeah, so actually this is sort of uh, keeping in the same vein as as a resignation type situation. Mm-hmm. I I had an employee who had been with her company for a very long time. Uh, she had noticed that there were a number of changes going on in her department, um, and this was resulting in some pretty big impact in terms of her day-to-day job, uh, her day-to-day duties. And she was feeling pushed aside. Uh, she, She definitely felt a certain type of way about these changes, And sort of in the heat of the moment, uh, because her frustration had built up so much, she essentially cleaned out her office and and walked out of the office altogether, which was historically very much out of character for her. Um, So she had left the office place. No one had really asked her what her intentions were, what was going on. Um, A few days had passed. She had actually spoken with a lawyer. That, who uh, wasn't me for what it's worth, but that lawyer had given her some uh, advice um, in terms of the situation. And after discussing with that lawyer, she uh, had decided to come back to the office and, sort of, you know, in, in a calmer mindset, ha- had come back and, and expressed the desire to remain with that company. Um, again, stating that her actions were out of character. Uh, she hadn't said goodbye to any of her colleagues on her way out. So it was very strange, but when she did come back to the office, and again, this is just a few days after she had left initially, her employer essentially told her that, you know, it's too late. You've quit. You've resigned. You've effectively abandoned your job and we're not having you back. You know, we, we accepted your resignation and there's no going back from that. And, and, whether it's this particular situation or other situations like this because this, you know, actually comes up quite a lot in my practice where, you know, an employer might let's say give you a deadline. If we don't hear from you in 3 days, we're going to consider you to have quit. So you've got these very short timelines and then the employer sort of runs with it and they don't get the answer they want within the time they want it and then they just say they quit. So that's what happened in this woman's case. The woman repeated her intention to go back, saying, "You know, I, I haven't quit. I, I just was in the heat of the moment. I was really frustrated, but I'm coming back." And and it just wasn't going to have any play with her employer. Right. So then she came to me, and and we sort of proceeded with the case. And eventually, and, and and fortunately for this woman, we were able to get her quite a significant severance package, and and some of the factors that were involved in. Um, convincing this employer that it needed to pay her severance, first of all, number one was, again, that short amount of time that had passed. And in that amount of time, you know, the employer hadn't really taken any steps to replace this employee. The employer hadn't really, you know, suffered any particular detriment as a result of this person leaving. Um, It may have been different if they had come back, you know, a year later, of course, but in the span of a few days, there, there hadn't really been much that changed on the employer's end. So that was one big factor that, that people need to be aware of. Um, the second thing, of course, had to do with the fact that no one really inquired as to why she left to begin with. Um, and And when it comes to resignations, and this is a general point that everyone needs to know, is that in order for a resignation, whatever the context is, to be enforceable, to be effective, it needs to be clear and unequivocal. There can't be any ambiguity generally where, you know, I don't know, did they mean to quit? Is this a heat of the moment thing? It's got to be very clear. And until it is, they're at risk. uh, The employer that is of, you know, taking a rash decision and owing this person a lot of severance. So in Mm -hmm. this case, that was definitely present. You know, there was no clear indication and that was just one of the other main factors that, you know, ended up putting a lot of risk on the company side of things and uh, obviously contributed to a good severance package for this woman.
1: Short break, lots more to go. you want to reach out to Chris anytime, one 821 5900 help at
0: employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue. This is the Employment Law Show. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. All righty, welcome back. Employment
1: Law Show. Chris Justice is your guy, courtesy Sam Firu and LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Reaching out to Chris anytime. We keep uh, throwing this contact information at you because you can use it anytime. 1 855 821 5900 to have a, a more of a private conversation with Chris or a member of his. Amazing team and help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you simply go to employmentlawyer.ca, the firm website, there's a media tab there. You can catch episodes of our long-running TV show, a 30-minute taste on TV of what we do here every week as well and the website built for you that's free and anonymous it'll educate you indeed about employment law everything you need to know even before you make the phone call might not need to call chris after this but you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca but there is contact information there as well and as i mentioned severance pay calculator has been built into that website super handy free and anonymous okay employee rights after removal of vaccine mandates again another hot topic super super focused on what's going on now chris want to get to a bunch of uh, these questions in between our calls and contact with our uh, our good listenership. Number one is, can I get my job back if I was already fired because of my employee's vaccine policy? How about that?
2: Yeah, so technically, yes, you could um, if you wanted to reapply. But frankly, you know, it's probably unlikely that if you were previously let go because of your employer's mandatory vaccine policy, Odds are you're not going to be likely able to get your job back once the mandate ends. Um, However, uh, you would still likely be owed severance pay um, just for the fact that you were fired, uh, particularly if there was no government mandate to back up your company's vaccine policy. So, you know, you could easily have a company with a policy that had a very stringent or strict test. You didn't meet that test. But then you find out, well, hold up a minute. This is just a policy the company's created on its own prerogative. uh, And there isn't necessarily any mandate saying, you know, these people in this industry have to get a vaccine. And that's the only option. And if they don't, they get let go and they don't get any severance. You know, it's extremely rare for a situation like that to crop up. So um,
1: probably can't get your job back.
2: But you know, there definitely would be some recourse for you in terms of the severance regarding the previous termination for sure.
1: Have you noticed in your practice in the last couple of months anyway that uh, some some employers are relying on that government or that former government mandate, which they didn't really, you know, they weren't under that umbrella, but they were kind of relying on that to let go of employees or at least they tried to make that happen?
2: Yeah. So, for example, there, there are certain mandates uh, that might apply, let's say, to a hospital or to a long-term care home that might differ from the vast majority of other industries. Um, however, having said that, there are still or at least there were still a number of recommendations that were offered by the province, by the chief medical officer under you know, the reopening, say, Ontario Act. And uh, so even if you're in an industry or were in an industry where there wasn't a specific focus on your employees, I have seen a lot of those situations where companies will say, you know, there may not be, you know, a particular piece of legislation aimed at my company, but, you know, further to the recommendations of, of the province, of the chief medical officer to, you know, keep things as safe as possible, That's the basis, uh, you know, on which we're implementing this policy. And to the layperson, you know, reading that and having them cite the recommendation from the officer here or or there, you might think, oh, geez, you know, there's a clear mandate. I don't really have any options. But again, that's that's only half the story. And it doesn't mean there's actually a strict requirement. But that certainly hasn't stopped employers from obviously trying to you know, justify and support the, the creation of these policies as much as possible.
1: Again, reaching out to Chris anytime, if any of this is baffling or confusing, it's easy, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 855 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. We're talking about employee rights after the removal of vaccine mandates, which is good, but there's still a lot of uh, gray area as far as what people understand about it. How about somebody who says, you know, I was put on an unpaid leave of absence, Chris, should the, uh, should the company bring me back to my original job? How about that?
2: yeah so again, this is affecting a lot of people or or yep. certainly it was you know they were either being terminated for not complying with the vaccine policy or uh, maybe a little bit more often, I was seeing people simply get put on an indefinite unpaid leave of absence, you know until they either choose to get vaccinated or you know otherwise comply with the company's policy or you know the COVID situation resolves itself and you know maybe the employer changes their mind so a lot of these people are then put on this unpaid leave they're in limbo they're sort of wondering you know do i have a job don't i have a job uh, can i go back to my original job and there certainly are a number of individuals i've spoken to who of course would like to keep their job mm-hmm. um, especially if this unpaid leave only lasts for a very brief period of time And while I haven't seen it happen a ton, uh, you know, the company should generally recall you as soon as possible um, as they lift their mandate or as a mandate is lifted, depending on the situation. So, you know, that's another reason why you definitely want to make sure you're up to speed in terms of the changes to the law or what the government's saying, because that might give you an opportunity then to reach back out to your company and say, hey, look, mandate's now been lifted or, you know, this is what I've been hearing. Can I come back? And again, generally your employer should recall you as soon as possible uh, or accommodate you as best they can. Um, but that's also not to say that you have to just wait around indefinitely should they say no either. You know, you, you again would have some recourse in that situation, but generally your, your company should protect your job position and try to call you back for sure.
1: Are people running out of time if they're if they're among that group who were put on, uh, you know, a temporary layoff, say, almost two years ago now, because March 2020 to March 2022, are they running out of time to say, hey, this is not happening? You owe me severance.
2: Yeah, so slightly different issue, uh, just because the layoffs, you know, as you say, dating back to March of 2020, um, maybe didn't have so much to do with the vaccines, but just more so the pandemic. And I'm still getting calls from people who had been laid off since March of 2020. And yeah, I've I've told them every single one, you've got to take action ASAP. Because as you mentioned, uh, there's generally a two-year limitation period for people to commence some sort of action against their employer to get severance. Mm -hmm. So if you were effectively told March of 2020, we're not getting paid anymore for this reason or that reason. Um, at that time, that's when the two-year clock generally runs. So if you're in that situation, absolutely, you want to get in touch with us, you want to give us a call. Um, it seems like there might be a bit of hope for those who maybe passed past the two-year limitation period because with COVID came a few exceptions in the right. legislation, in the law. And so as I understand it, uh, even if you are at this point past that two-year period, you do have uh, at least a few months to still commence an action if you'd like to um, so just really all the more reason to get in touch with this ASAP because while you may have a little bit of uh, an indulgence right now to to sort of seek some damages it, it definitely won't last forever and, and you want to get on the horn for sure
1: again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get that particular ball rolling talking about uh, you know employee rights after the removal. A vaccine mandates. Now, what happens if my employer doesn't bring me back from an unpaid leave? They're like, Nah, you know what? We've uh, we've been handling things pretty good without you, so stay out there. How'd you go?
2: Yeah, and and I was sort of touching on this a little bit before. I guess technically, it's a question of you. Okay, so you want to go back to your to your job? Your employer is saying no, nope, can't really have you, uh, and they'll probably say something along the lines of, you know, if if we change our mind, we'll be in touch, mm-hmm. um, or if you satisfy this condition you know, we'll we'll reconsider it. And then you're kind of put back into this limbo state. Um, But certainly, you know, if you're put on an unpaid leave due to a uh, vaccine mandate, uh, you can have the ability or you may have the ability to treat your employment as being terminated and pursue a constructive dismissal claim. And the phrase constructive dismissal has, has come up a lot on the show, I know. And just sort of as a brief reminder, it's essentially where your employer changes the terms of your employment to a significant degree. And uh, one very important term in everyone's employment is how much they get paid or the fact that they just get paid. So, if your employer stops paying you and you feel it's unjust or there's no legal basis for them doing so, then you can definitely pursue, uh, in all likelihood, of construct a constructive dismissal claim. And this applies to those who are either waiting on an unpaid leave after the company's mandate ends or not. Um, and in fact, if there was a mandate, which the company said justified putting you on a leave, and now the mandate's been lifted, you as an employee are going to have an even stronger argument for a constructive dismissal and, you know, therefore can pursue a a fair, reasonable severance package.
1: Let me ask you one more question about this topic before we uh, break here in a couple minutes. Now, If another wave of COVID-19 hits, which is totally not Mm -hmm. unlikely, um, can my employer, well, can they reintroduce a, a vaccine mandate?
2: Yeah, I mean, certainly knock on wood, we don't have anything like that happen. But your employer could technically reintroduce a, a vaccine mandate or or a policy of some sort in the future. Uh, but I'll just go back to what I've you know always been telling people that if, if there isn't a government support or a specific mandate that backs that policy, um, even if there is another wave that hits, God forbid. Uh, The the company, in in my view, would still not be able to fire you for cause. Uh, So your employer could say that you're being terminated uh, for failing to comply with the policy. But in those scenarios, you would be owed severance pay. So, you know, just as before the mandates had lifted, at no No. point is an employer going to be justified in, in doing a cause termination or putting you on unpaid leave because you choose not to get the vaccine.
1: You may be looking ahead to or currently working in a hybrid work environment. How do you navigate that? We'll tackle that one when we come back and possibly a couple emails as well. In the meantime, to reach out to Chris. Easy. one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue. This is the Employment Law Show.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.
1: All right, you bet we're back at it. And it's Chris Justice on the other side, handling all the questions, emails, phone calls, and the information you need as far as navigating your employment law rights under the common law. That's where you, uh, that's the pool you swim in. And the rights are fantastic until you choose to start giving them away to your employers. So you never want to do that. That's the number one reason why you listen to the show is to educate yourself, to reach out to Chris. It's 1 855 821 5900 at the firm. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, the email address we always use. Chris, part of Sam Fearwood to Mark and LLP. And uh, yeah, indeed, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country from coast to coast to coast. You can also use a website called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca that was uh, built and crafted a few years ago just for you. It's free and anonymous. There's lots of questions can be answered just by doing a bit of Easy digging on the website, and if you want to use it, severance pay calculator is there. You may not have been let go from your job, so it may not be something you need right away. But just, uh, just for interest's sake, and see what it would be if you were owed some severance. If your friend or neighbor, your uh, your brother, say, oh, "Not worry about. It. I know what it is. It's two weeks or a week per year." They couldn't be. More wrong, so you'll want to go to severance pay calculator at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to uh, to clear that up indeed. Okay, employee rights and hybrid work arrangements. This is going to be a very popular thing. It opens up its own huge kettle of fish as far as uh, being an employer or employee is concerned, Chris. But do employers have to give employees a hybrid work option, even if they've been on one during COVID moving forward?
2: Yeah, so this is a good question. Uh, the, the answer, generally speaking, is no. Um, they're not required to give employees hybrid work options. And a lot of people speak to me and, you know, further to the point you made have said, you know, wait a minute. I've been effectively working from home uh, or maybe majority of the time working from home since as far back as March 2020. And now it's March 2022. And my employer's you know, asking me to come back into the office. You know, can, can they do this? And it doesn't make sense. And to some degree, I agree with them. But unless you have an actual contract of some sort with your employer that says you can work from home, and I guess it might go further and say on what basis or how long, um, your employer generally can call you back in. Because even though there may have been, let's say, a temporary exception made during the pandemic, um, it doesn't necessarily create a term of your employment now where, yeah, you know, for the foreseeable future, for the indefinite future, you can simply choose to work home when you want. So, that that's a bit of a, a tricky situation. You definitely don't, as an employee, wanna you know push back too hard again without consulting with a lawyer. Um, because yeah, for the most part, they can ask you re- to return to the office, um, and uh, you, you know you're not gonna necessarily have as much option.
1: Yeah, hopefully you got a good employee that's a little more flexible. If you've sold your house in the GTA and moved up to, uh, you know, north of Barrie, and going, oh great, now I got to go back four or five days a week, it could be a bit of a hassle. But again, it's up to the individual employer. Do employees have to accept changes to their job when they return to the office? If that has taken place with their employer?
2: Yeah, so generally, employees, uh, at the very least, without consulting a lawyer, should not accept changes to the terms of their employment. So if your employer is, say, forcing you to accept certain changes, whether they be changes to your pay, to your hours, to the actual location where you work, uh, which I've definitely seen a lot of, um, and it may be because of the pandemic. It may be because they're doing some sort of a reorganization. There may not necessarily be malicious intent behind the proposed changes, but if the changes are still nonetheless significant, and your employer is only giving you one option, which is to either accept or perhaps be considered to have abandoned your job, uh, that, again, can amount to a constructive dismissal, and, and you'll definitely need to contact our firm immediately, because that can effectively result in, of course, severance, which could be upwards of two years' pay, potentially.
1: What kind of things have you been noticing in that uh, regard, Chris? I mean, maybe change of location or they're trying to change your job because, as you said, maybe things have changed mm-hmm. during the last two years and the employer goes, well, I don't need you over here. What I do is I need you over here or I need you to right. come in this time as opposed to that time. How's uh, how's that been?
2: Yeah, like I say, it's been you know fairly frequent. I've seen uh, employers, uh, particularly on, like you say, the hour uh, issue and as well wow. the location issue, uh, some changes are being implemented. And it comes back to how big of a change they are. Um, Like I know, for example, employers who, uh, after the pandemic hit, have called back employees and have told them that their location is going to change, but actually for the better in the sense that, you know, now you're only going to be five minute commute away from your work rather than, you know, maybe a 35 minute commute Right. You know, and everything else is essentially the same. I mean, that's going to be a lot different than your employer saying, you know, now I want you to work in this location. And it's going to add, you know, 40 minutes to an hour one way onto your commute. Uh, and the same thing with the hours. So so your employer might say, OK, I know you typically work nine to five, but now I'm going to need you to work, I don't know, 930 to 530. Again, that's going to be, you know, a different situation than I need you to switch from working days to nights. Um, right. Now, of course, if you're an employee and, and the hours were very important to you or the location was very important to you for some particular reason, like let's say you have childcare commitments and you have to pick up your kid at a certain time and that's why that schedule worked with you uh, or worked for you rather, then that's still going to trigger you know, your employer's accommodation rights and duties and, and they'll have to try to do something to accommodate you. So there could be a bit of a, a different situation in those cases. But if there's not any sort of accommodation request being made like that, it's just going to come down to how severe of a change is it. Um, and, and there's no exact science to it per se, but obviously the, the, if it's a day versus a night shift, that's going to be significant. If it's adding an hour onto your commute, that's going to be significant.
1: You know, it's interesting that first one you brought up kind of makes me think, you know, you you go, you said it may be advantageous. Maybe, you know, now you're just a five-minute commute rather than a 30-minute commute. So you're like, hey, I'm all over that. That's fantastic. But if you accept that, would not the reverse apply? Okay, now in a year from now, we're moving you 100 k from work. But, hey, you accepted it back when it was good for you. And now you have no choice but to do it. Does that apply?
2: So I guess the general point can stand that if you accept changes to your employment, Mm-hmm. um there's a there's at least a potential risk that yeah. you know there there's nothing set in stone, and then the employer may think well as as you say we we you know you signed up to do this, but then you allowed us to change that, and so now we feel like we have free reign to to yes. change whenever however um but in that particular example you gave. Uh, You could certainly make a very good argument that, you know, yes, I may have consented or accepted the one change, which was essentially that maybe the same distance or less distance uh, traveling than I was before. But you can't necessarily infer that to mean, therefore, you have the right to, you know, unilaterally push me out 100 kilometers in one direction. You know, that's still a very different thing. Um, Now, if the employee had agreed to, you know, commuting an extra 100K, before and the employer wants to do that again again that may be a bit different of a scenario but in, in the situation you raised those two things are still very different and i wouldn't say that you know just because there is a technical change to the location that that will therefore give the company carte blanche to you know move them you know to to the west coast or something like that
1: More of these talking points, maybe a couple emails if we got some time. So we'll take a short break and get into that on the other side. Reaching Chris, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and always the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We'll continue more. Employment Law Show is on the way.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. No pressure, just to,
1: just to chat to clear things up and educate yourself. 1-855-821-5900. Anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca. As well as we get through some more uh, talking points here for the remainder of the show, Chris, employee rights and hybrid work arrangements. This next question is huge. I bet you this one's coming up all the time. And that is, can your employer now, (laughs) since you're coming back, force you to sign a new employment contract? Look out for that one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It is is a very important question um, because it could have a tremendous impact on your employment going forward. So If your employer is asking you to sign an entirely new agreement of some sort, it is critical that you contact our firm uh, in order to review that contract first. Um, You know, we were just before the break talking about your employer potentially coming to you and changing your employment in some way. Uh, And if they put it in writing, you know, of course, that's going to make it much more concrete. And you know, there's always the chance that you know they slip in a little language here, a little clause there, that you may not think anything of it. But the fact that it's now in writing, uh, on paper, you've now signed a contract. It's just going to really, as I say, set that in stone a lot more. Um, so, so that's why careful attention for sure needs to be be placed on these contracts. Um, employers can, you know, legally and and you know may likely implement hybrid work. Arrangement policies and have that formalized, and maybe have you, let's say, sign off on something like that, uh, and that's going to be used to set expectations and guidelines for for people who are working on a hybrid basis. You know, maybe you can't necessarily do all the things you were doing, you know, in the workplace uh, that that you're now maybe able to do at home. Uh, so, so these kind of policies can for sure take effect. Uh, And those policies would likely be considered an addition to, you know, the contract that you may have signed way back when or to perhaps a new contract that's being proposed. So whether it's a contract or policies they want you to review and and agree to, uh, you got to make sure you understand your rights and obligations and, and give us a call first.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, before you sign anything, especially when it's usually uh, you know heavily weighted towards the employer, when that new contract comes down, you don't have to sign it. Make sure you send it to uh, to Chris first. Right. Can an employee now, since you're working from home, maybe things are easier for you commuting, whatever? They say, hey, we're going to de- decrease your salary a little bit if uh, if you're going to be working at home in a hybrid situation. Do they have any leeway uh, as far as that's concerned?
2: Yeah. So so again, there may be some basis for it, but that doesn't justify, for the most part, an employer just unilaterally decreasing your salary. So if you are not working in the office and your employer is trying to dock your pay, um, absolutely, you know, something you shouldn't be standing for. Now, in saying that, I, I do want to qualify it by saying there are probably certain things your employer can pull back uh, if you're working from home. Like, let's say, for example, when you were in the office or pre-pandemic, a part of your job was to um, you know, travel certain places, maybe get reimbursed for certain expenses. And now that you're working from home, whether it's 100% or partially, you know, your employer may say, well, we're not going to give you these reimbursements or these expenses because they just don't apply so that, that would probably make a bit more sense and maybe something the employer can do since since it would kind of align with the fact that maybe you're no longer incurring those expenses. But as far as just base wages, base salary, that kind of stuff, the, the nuts and bolts of it, you know, really shouldn't be changing. Even if the, the environment or the, the context has changed, um, you definitely, again, don't want to agree to that thinking that it's justified because you're now working from home and then only to have that now be set. And the new term of your employment.
1: Yeah, that's that's an interesting one you put out there. A car allowance is exactly what I was mm-hmm. thinking. Maybe you don't need the car anymore. At least you need you know fewer times during the week to operate that car. So maybe your gas card gets pulled or whatever. Right? That could be what you're talking about, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And 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 some people may take exception or take issue with it. And uh, not to say anything's necessarily black and white or black or white, but. I do think there are certain items. If if it makes sense, then then that's one thing. And, and usually those items also don't make up a huge portion of mm-hmm. that person's income, uh, like base wages or a bonus would. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there are some, but for the most part, no. And if your employer, again, is insisting that significant changes be made just for the fact that you're in the office, uh, again, that can amount to a constructive dismissal for
1: sure. Can uh, employees negotiate a different work model post-pandemic with their employer, maybe to change things in the home life?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we spoke earlier about, you know, the ability for your employer to call you back into the office and uh, how they generally will have that legal right, unless there's some clear term in your employment that gives you the ability to work from home. But that's not going to stop you from, or anyone for that matter, from negotiating a different model Uh, I find that, you know, especially since the pandemic has gone on, uh, employers are, you know, very willing or at least more willing to discuss possible remote or hybrid work arrangements. So if you're an employee who wishes to work from home entirely um, or on a hybrid model, I I think it is a good idea to discuss the option with your employer um, because there should be some room to negotiate. And, you know, in terms of the negotiations, um, again, I mentioned this earlier, but you could highlight, say, for example, the fact that you have been working from home since March of 2020. Let's say you're able to do your job entirely from home. Your company hasn't really raised any issues of performance. You know, that could be a good starting point to say, hey, look, practically speaking, I'm doing a great job. Everyone's happy. You know, put this into consideration uh, or, of course, um, you know, if you've got, let's say, childcare commitments or, you know, anything that could be related at all to human rights type ground and, and you need to work from home uh, in order to be accommodated, again, that's going to put some uh, certainly some pressure on your employer to try and accommodate as best as possible. But I, I would say, you know, people should negotiate whether they do it with a lawyer or not. Um, you know, that's their prerogative. But I think for the most part, there can be some leeway given Uh, And and there's no harm. And if your employer ultimately says no to the negotiations, um, certainly give us a call and and there may be some further recourse you might have. You know, again, it just kind of depends on what it is you're asking for. But I think, you know, as an employee going to them and trying to accommodate or compromise and and reach a a resolution, if that gets rejected or rebuffed, you could be seen in a, in a better light as the employee. And, And for all I know, you might actually have some entitlement to something there. So Start with the negotiations for sure, for sure. See what your employer has to say and uh, take it from there.
1: And that'll do it for uh, for another show. We'll take it from there as you should as well. I want to reach out to Chris now that we are complete for another show. Here's how you do it. one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Email address right there and the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show.